to another episode of the Piano Pod. I am Clara Zhang. I am Eric Hunter. I'm Yukimi Song. Thank you for watching the first episode of Comfort Anxiety with Dr. Skidmore. We have received such great feedback from you and appreciate your support. And the TPP is a podcast show where three of us invite a guest speaker each month who is in the fields of piano pedagogy, performing arts. Recording, recording artist, music technology, and the wellness of piano studio, the mental health of students, parents, and teachers. We're very excited about this opportunity to explore a variety of piano-related topics with you, and share them. We already have several exciting guest speakers lined up for the coming months. We can't wait to learn from each guest and discuss this topic with them on this platform. If you want to find out more about who we are, what we do, why we started this podcast, please watch our introductory video on our YouTube channel, or you can listen to it on our SoundCloud account, or click the links listed below. The guest of this episode is Vera Asamo from Asamo Academy. Who is a classical concert pianist, a piano teacher, and the founder and director of the Formal Piano T School of New York City and now SMO Academy? She is going to talk to us. Hello, Vera. Hello. How are Hi, Vera. Hi. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's an honor. She's going to talk to us about her life as a musician. Uh, in Russia and the U.S. and her experience in building the piano school and the Asamo Academy, one of the most established uh, piano school and nonprofit organization in New York City area, and how she's transitioning from PSNYC to now Asamo Academy. Hello, Vera. Thank you for being with us today. Yes. Hello, Clara. Pleasure. Tell us a little bit of your background, uh, where you're from, how you started your piano journey, and how you end up in New York City. Uh, yes, well, it's, uh, uh, you know, probably a, a traditional story of many immigrants that come from Europe or Asia or any other uh, country um, in the world. Um, I grew up in the Soviet Union in the city of Moscow, which is a capital. Uh, it, was a, um, uh, it was a difficult life living in the, in the Soviet Union because of the past regime and the, the government restrictions and regulations. However, being raised uh, by you know, my parents, my mom was a well-known uh, classical piano teacher. Uh, with many, many years of traditions and, and having students, you know, graduate uh, from her studio and then go to music college and complete uh, their degree. So she had a legacy that she had built for many years. And so me growing up in that environment really sort of helped me, like music helps many people to kind of forget about the, the maybe not so you know, favorable environment that you live in, but music helped uplift your spirit and, and motivate you and, and inspire you, right, from a human emotional level. So I have to say I have, um, you know, I, I have had rich uh, childhood and, and teenage years as far as musicians and artists that, that 
you know, were friends of my mom who surrounded her and therefore I was part of that circle. Um, these were, you know, some of, some of the very well-known, you know, musicians in, in Russia. And it was um, a very enlightening experience when I look back, you know, um, after being in the United States for over 30 years now, when yeah. I look back, I don't even recall, you know, the problems in the, in the Soviet Union economy and the regime. I only really remember, I have good memories of my, of my upbringing. Uh, and, and of course, as probably you know, um, Russian culture is, is, is uh, uh, you know, considered to be one of the uh, top uh, uh, level of sure. musicians and uh, artists and, and, you know, in the performing arts industry, whether it's ballet or, or theater or yeah. even actually literature, right? So the Russia has produced uh, so many phenomenal, um, uh, you know, masterpieces for all of us to, to enjoy and, and grasp uh, for the rest of our lives and many more generations to come. So I feel very blessed to uh, grow up in, in, in that kind of environment that certainly helped form me um, as a musician, um, as uh, I, I, I probably should just say that I've developed that dedication to the arts mm -hmm. from, you know, I guess young teenage years. I knew that music, no matter what I was going to be doing, right. I knew that music was going to be a big part of my life because I left um, Moscow. I was 21. Okay. Um, wow. And, um, but very, very young mm -hmm. up here, right, uh, of course. you know, not, not, not equipped with life skills or skills to live on my own or, or do anything of that sort. But on the other hand, I was already, you know, um, how shall I say, I, I was not only committed, but I was um, ready, right, to take some next steps to, to, develop something important. I didn't know what it was at the time. Uh, once you came to New York and you went to the Juilliard School uh, for mm -hmm. a while, right? And yes. that, that's absolutely beautiful. And eventually you, um, well, you started in New York City as a piano teacher. And uh, how did you start the beginning days as a piano teacher? What was it like? Um, it's actually is a, a, a quite simple story. I mean, I followed the the traditional footsteps of many uh, aspiring, you know, pianist teachers who after graduation, I, I want to also mention that after Juilliard, I went to Manus uh, okay. College of Music to do, do my master's. Right. Um, I now also teach part time at Manus Prep. Right which I am proud and honored to be on a faculty for more than 25 years. Um, so uh, after graduating, I, um, you know, didn't really know what exactly I was going to do. I did some performing, I did some teaching, I was uh, putting flyers on bus stops, I was on my bicycle, uh, you know, riding around the city. And um, uh, you know, from one of those flyers, um, uh, I got a call from a church 
in Harlem, and that was uh, wow. you know, in in uh, mid nineties, maybe wow. maybe ninety seven. Uh, so at that time, you know, Harlem uh, was um, not what it is today. It was, um, you know, many buildings were abandoned and burned mm -hmm. down. And so it was not an area where you would typically, you know, go for piano lessons. But the woman I spoke on the phone with was very um, um, warm. Mm -hmm. And somehow we connected on the phone really well. Mm -hmm. And she simply said, uh, I saw your flyer on the bus stop. We are a church. We have many kids, but we cannot afford your private lesson fee. So maybe you can teach a group class at the church on Sunday after church. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, you know, maybe each child would pay $10. And um, I, I, you know, initially was a little concerned uh, about going to an area I don't know. Um, uh, but something inside me was like, I should really figure this out and, and give this a, a good try. I've never taught a group class before. Um, and so I was still, you know, in my, in my 20s, I didn't have that much teaching experience, only one-on-one, -on -one, you know, private lessons. And so I, I, was, I was kind of intrigued and, and thought, hmm, I, 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 can, I think I can learn something from this. Right. And, um, and that was really, that was, you know, my initial motivation. And after I finally went, and met the kids, I, I instantly felt that that was a great, um, great opportunity, not, you know, just for me, but also for these kids to get exposure mm -hmm. to uh, music education. I can definitely help them learn. Um, nobody had an instrument at home. So they were, you know, elementary age kids. Sure. And we only used a, a church electric organ mm -hmm. uh to uh that they practiced on throughout the week it was a, it was not a beautiful church that you would imagine it was just but a it, store storefront right yeah. so they they had that gate that they pulled in and pulled out so it was a it was a very simple um setup but people They're there were good. very very warm and yeah. and and very interested and very thankful in advance sure. and very mm -hmm. grateful so that inspired me to really give this my best and um and at first it was like let's see where that goes but then i really um was inspired deep in my heart because i saw that kids were uh, progressing from one week to the next the, you know we used a method book i made copies for them and gave them homework and they practiced throughout the week so it really was um i didn't know at the time but it really was a fundamental um kind of like a, a point in my life where something was happening inside me. I didn't know it at the time, sure. but, um, but it was kind of building up. Um, and after that experience, I really thought, hmm, wait a minute, I think I can do something with this idea and I can maybe go to local schools and promote group piano lessons uh, for the children who cannot afford private lessons, which is always a costly uh, commitment for, for many parents to, to take on, uh, especially if they have more than one child. 
So that that's really is how how I started. And then when I saw that became successful, mm-hmm. um, I decided to um, to start an organization. So. How did you come up with the name Piano School of New York City in the beginning? Uh, Yes, you know, it's (laughs) it's actually is a funny story because even before I started the school, Hmm. I was teaching many private private students and uh, one of my... one of the parents of my mm. students, she was the one who said, you know, you should start like a school or something. You'd be really good at that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? Um, and, uh, and then I went home to my husband and I said, you know, mm-hmm. uh, this parent thinks that I should start a school. Yeah. And so we started talking about it. Then I went back for my next lesson with the same family next week. And I said, what shall I name the school? And I think she was um, drinking a cup of coffee and, and walking between <laughs> kitchen and, and living room. And she yep. was like, I don't know, Piano School of New York? Oh my gosh. Yes. And so, <laughs> and then she, she didn't even think about it, right? right? And so as she said it, I was like, okay, <laughs> that yep. sounds good. I didn't know, know exactly what, how you were operating your school until I talked to Clara a few days ago. And so could you tell us a little bit more? So I didn't realize it was basically based on a group lesson. Is, am I correct? Correct. Mm-hmm. So uh, from the beginning, like I was talking to Clara, my idea of the school was not only to implement private lessons, mm-hmm. but actually grow this kind of programs at local schools. Mm-hmm. So as mm-hmm. we started the, the Piano School of New York, that was my mission from the beginning mm-hmm. to really uh, implement group piano class programs at local schools. We started in Manhattan, uh, you know, all throughout the city. Then we uh, expanded to Brooklyn, to Queens, then later in New Jersey, Rockland County, and Westchester, little by little. But it it kind of took off uh, rather quickly because there was no uh, such program in Mm. many schools. Um, And we... um, you know, just promote it with a simple flyer Mm -hmm. for parents to sign up for inexpensive uh, group classes Mm -hmm. that their children can join right on the premises of the the school for after school. And um, uh, yes, it was was really a simple idea that that took off. And I'm actually very, very proud of it because I think it, it helped many children to get their first you know, to get their feet wet, if you will, sure, um, sure. in uh, in ex- exploring what mm-hmm. the music education is about. Some children uh, mm-hmm. transitioned from that to private lessons. Some yeah. didn't. Some really just, you know, stuck with it um, just, just for it being an enrichment program. And, um, you know, we are all musicians, but for those who, let's say, are not musicians, um, I think it's important to mention that music as enrichment, it doesn't have to be a serious 
um, you know, uh, uh, it doesn't have to be serious approach to learning from everyone. So right. some children just want to explore mm. and simply see what it's like and simply see if they like it right. and, and, you know, just even see what it is about because they have no idea. I think it's a great platform for, for many children of any age to uh, learn what it is about. Um, it obviously, we as musicians know it improves their abilities in many ways from for young children from motor skills to coordination to brain mm -hmm. activity. Older kids do better in school and in math, etc. So um, I think that it's a very important uh, platform, mm -hmm. not just for those who want to take it seriously, but just as a addition to sure. their life right. um, and improve their quality of life and their sure. they schooling. Yeah. Uh, So from my uh, understanding that you started as just a regular uh, profit organization or company, then you had a nonprofit portion of it, correct? Correct. So can you, could you tell us about the story, please? Yes, of course. So um, because we were expanding to some not, you know, economically well-established areas, mm -hmm. as we would go to um, different schools, we would be faced with a situation that some parents, even, even at a lower, low price for group classes, would ask us, do you offer discounts? Can you give us scholarships? Can you help us? Mm -hmm. What can I do, etc.?" And um, that you know, uh, prompted us to do something about it because we wanted all the children to join regardless mm -hmm. of the economic background. So um, it was in 2003 mm -hmm. that we um, uh, created a nonprofit scholarship fund that was called PONY, P-O-N-Y, mm -hmm. which is Piano Outreach of New York. And uh, that was um, approved by IRS. And uh, mm -hmm. with that scholarship fund, we started raising money uh, mm -hmm. among our private students. Mm -hmm. So in other words, private students would help us raise, uh, raise some, some, some money for our scholarship fund to be able to give scholarships and, and discounts to students in economic needs so they mm -hmm. too can join uh, our group classes. So uh, it remained to be such, uh, you know, so the two organizations uh, function as sisters. Mm -hmm. It was a piano school of New York and piano outreach of New York that supported each other. Mm -hmm. And it continued through 2016, mm -hmm. um, at which point, um, well, let me back up a second. I had uh, a fantastic um, mentor. Mm -hmm. uh, he was actually my student, adult student, who was a, um, a an, uh, uh, I guess, associated with Goldman Sachs. And that adult student uh, helped me greatly to understand the structure of, of business. He invited mm -hmm. me to participate in different, different workshops that were free at Goldman Sachs. They have a program that supports entrepreneurs and also 
you know, small business and nonprofits. So they invited me to, to be part of that program. And through that program, they helped me understand that I really should uh, merge my business, the Piano School of New York, into the nonprofit that we already have mm-hmm. and, and just simply have one organization that we call Piano School of New York, which is what we did in 2016. D C C C C rest rest repeat C C C. So it's so wonderful what you've been doing um, with the Piano School of New York. You mentioned your board of directors, and it got me thinking. You know, you just started out as one person teaching group lessons, and then you develop this uh, organization and then nonprofit. Um, and what was it like to grow that and, um, and work with all these other people? Um, and, and how do you manage those transitions from starting small to building out this huge successful organization citywide? It's a lot of hard work. Um, I'm not going to, um, uh, you know, uh, give it an impression that it's something easy to do. Um, it's uh, sometimes seven days a week, um, you know, 12 hours a day of work on a phone, email. Uh, it took years to, to, you know, to figure out what, uh, what, which way, what, which is the right way. Many mistakes along the way, um, learning from mistakes um, and figuring out what's not to do next time. Kind of the, kind of the experience that ultimately made me stronger, uh, made me believe through the positive experiences that this is worth doing, that this is worth pursuing. Um, it, it gave me huge satisfaction to see so many kids and so many families feeling grateful uh, from the experiences of, of our you know, programs. So many teachers also expressed great uh, feeling of reward being part of the organization. As you know, some... But Jazz at Lincoln Center is one of the very famous you know, venues, musical venues in the world, and you actually rented that place the entire day or something or two days, mm-hmm. and you hosted piano recitals, and they were amazing, and the venue was obviously fantastic, but also there were so many little students who um, participated and played, and so those students who participated, are they from your, the piano school who uh, took group lessons and private lessons? Yes, absolutely. A lot of, uh, so because we became a nonprofit in 2016 as a whole organization, um, the, the recommendations that we have received from many advisors were to open up the opportunity for Jazz at Lincoln Center recitals to local community teachers, mm-hmm. to teachers who teach in New York City and metropolitan area so that it becomes more of a community recitals rather than just feature the Piano School of New York students, which I think is 
fantastic. I'm mm. I'm really thrilled that we we can do that and invite local teachers to really you know demonstrate their work to demonstrate their students to unite as a community to um, applaud teachers for their hard work and feature them um, so that uh, yes that has started in 2016 we mm. have hosted recitals at jazz at lincoln center for many years mm. but that was just for our own students mm. but from 2016 it became a community type of recitals mm. where teachers like uh, you mm. uh, bring their best uh, students to participate mm. and we feel that um, uh, we hope they will be able to continue now everything is closed but we hope to be able of course to continue that tradition that lasts it, it would have been um, let me think for a second uh, we I remember our first recitals we hosted when I was pregnant with my daughter <laughs> and she's 13 oh so goodness. 13 yeah so 13 14 years mm. uh, that uh, we've done annual events at mm. Jazz at Lincoln Center mm. uh, so we certainly hope to continue that tradition we want So can you tell us now a little bit about Anselmo Academy? Yes, with pleasure. Um, it um, kind of uh, became a natural development to change the name of the school because we have started uh, offering lessons in other instruments as of last fall. So in the fall of 2019, we decided to expand our uh, group piano uh, classes that we had offered in, in many schools because we received many inquiries. Do you also teach guitar? Can you do violin? Can you do voice? Can you do this? Can you do that? And so um, because we have a board of directors that is very supportive in, in um, you know, our, uh, you know, to, to guide me uh, in the process, um, we decided to um, yes implement additional uh, uh subjects additional curriculum to different schools to give it a try and see how it goes so uh we had hired guitar teachers and and violin teachers and voice teachers and promoted it to many group classes uh group class programs at local schools and it took off beautifully we had great feedback and um so little by little the name piano school of new york sort of became obsolete as we were promoting those other subjects so we started thinking well what is the future uh what do we do now after you know so many years of being the piano school of new york um what, what shall we do? And it was really the board uh, directors and our advisors who said, well, you know, you've been the piano school for so many years. I think you, you need to think broader. And since you are implementing so many other subjects and it can only grow in many other directions that you should really think of a new name and, and perhaps it should become something more defining who you are, your story, your life, etc. So it was, um, it kind of came naturally. We thought of the name and Anselmo Academy uh, kind of um, you know was a natural natural choice to kind of became our brand our you know um, 
story to to kind of tell our story as to as to what we have done and it's also unique it stands out there is no other organization that that you know is called that, that name so we felt it was a good choice and so what we did we um uh, uh you know created a dba which is doing business as anselmo academy of music and the arts uh as of this this summer this past summer uh, so it's very new we created a new website um with the help of volunteers it's unbelievable uh as a nonprofit, we we get to um you know be um uh it, it's a it's a fantastic platform as a nonprofit that you attract other other businesses organizations who want to give who want to help you and so uh we we received a a free website from mm. a Braun and Weiss uh, organization who worked tirelessly for eight weeks and created this great new new website for us and and helped us with uh, tools to run it you know easily and, and make it easy for um, navigation uh, for our clients and, and teachers etc so we are very grateful to the group of uh, volunteers who helped us with the transition uh, and now with Anselmo Academy we strive to expand to uh, many categories we currently offer piano violin guitar voice and drama which is brand new because we've oh. had some inquiries about theater um, and so we felt it was natural because it's also performing arts. Um, uh, so we're expanding in that direction. And we also starting to offer tutoring because especially nowadays as children do hybrid version of schooling and maybe some parents are uh, too busy to help them with homework etc we we think that it's a it's a good platform for our academy to help students to do online uh, tutoring uh, with math, reading, um, science, etc. to help them, you know, feel confident and, and be able to still do well in school under very difficult circumstances that children are in today. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was going to ask you, actually, obviously, the big elephant in the room is COVID. And how it's affected all of us in music and entertainment and educational industries. Um, how has it affected you guys? No different than anybody else. Um, it's definitely a struggle. Uh, you know, uh, we obviously try our best with our wonderful administrators that we have who work very hard to um, communicate with parents and, and inspire them to continue with uh, music studies or, or theater classes at this time. But of course, it's a, it's a very, these are very challenging times that I'm sure we're all gonna remember forever um, uh, for all, all you know, musicians and, and uh, professionals in, in uh, performing arts. Um, we are struggling along. It's a lesson that I think we, we are learning of how to deal with um, unprecedented uh, type of circumstances. And I think that overall though, we, we're gonna all hopefully gonna come stronger and, 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 and better. And, and I think I, I, you know, I strongly believe that music has such 
power. So I think COVID is nothing. I think that we're gonna come out stronger than, than ever after this is over. And it's gonna be a renaissance of, of arts and music blossoming all, all around the world. And we, we, we you know, the, the, the huge pay, payback, so to speak, is coming for all, all musicians and, and professionals in this industry. Because I believe that it's just a pause. We are on pause to reflect, to see what it is that we need to do, be creative, don't complain, right? Be positive, learn, learn a new skill. Um, and um, it, it's, it, it, we are definitely going to reap the fruits of, of our labor la later on. So uh, I, I'm, I'm just sticking with that thought. Uh, I so love it. Help, yes, thank you. Yeah, it's so inspiring to hear you speak that way. Thank you. I think that's some inspiration that we could all use right now. Um, and I, I agree with you, you know, um, we've been so isolated all this time. All of us miss being together in person, making live music, attending live performances. So I absolutely love this idea of this flourishing that's going to happen once all of this is over. Um, I was wondering for new teachers and pianists starting out today, especially in this scary new world, what would your advice be for them? You know, the advice would be to be patient, to stay positive, to learn a new skill, read books, you know, learn new repertoire, um, read biographies of great musicians. Uh, you know, we all, you know, who, who obviously went through great struggle in, in their life. Um, um, just learn from it, take it as a learning experience, as a learning curve uh, in their life and, and stay positive. Uh, this will pass, we will overcome. Uh, and then after this is over, I guess stay true to yourself. Um, uh, you know, uh, follow your heart, see what your, what your heart is telling you to do. Um, it's a journey right? You have to discover what passion you have in life, whether it's performing, composing, uh, teaching, combination of all, of all of the above, something else, creating schools or festivals or, or, you know, online lessons or whatever that you feel your passion is. Follow your heart and, and, and be passionate about it and work hard. Combination of those, those few things will, will get things done. is self-explanatory uh, it's very easy to uh, see our offerings um, in piano violin guitar voice we actually just added saxophone um, as of a couple of days ago because we had a student who inquired and we now have a, a new saxophone teacher uh, it's anselmoacademy.org and um, anyone who is interested can explore our website, send us questions, we would be happy to answer. And as far as um, what's so special about um, Anselmo Academy, um, it's, it's the community of, of our staff, of our teachers who are deeply dedicated to um, the, the work, to the pursuit um, of um, 
implementing music and arts education in student lives. Um, we uh, currently offer online and in-person lessons. It really is just based on the client preference. So if someone is ready to start doing uh, in-person lessons uh, with social distancing, we would find a teacher who is also comfortable doing, um, doing this kind of um, lessons and we would implement that. So we just, you know, navigate one day, one day at a time um, about, you know, this hybrid form of, hybrid form of lessons. Thank you so much, Vera, for being interviewed by us today. It was such an honor, and I always considered you as one of my great mentors, you know, in the beginning days in New York City, and I think what you talked to, you know, Kimi and Eric about these, uh, you know, managing young artists, and I, I think I can be a great testimonial, right? And in the beginning days, really, it was just uh, very different. You know, I was teaching in the university before I came to New York, and uh, and I remember when you hired me, you know, was within a few hours, really, when I wrote to you, you were so efficient, and you're like, Clara, you can do this, you know? And I went to this tiny little preschool in Queens and then taught these like two, three-year-old toddlers piano lessons. And a few months in, we were performing Jazz Lincoln Center. You were like, Clara, you know, they have it. And it just, just be patient. So I really learned so much. And I think that's really just the most wonderful way. As artists, actually, it's a very humbling experience um, to have all this. And so and, and I, I, I really think that you are one of the most successful, uh, probably business lady in, in New York City in the music education sector in New York. So I would love to hear uh, uh, all of the, your website and uh, your, um, you have a, a, a social media account on Instagram and uh, on Facebook, is that right? Yes, correct. All okay. all of the all of the social media icons are on our website. Okay. So any interested uh, individuals can just click on the icon to to go to our uh, Facebook, Instagram mm -hmm. pages that is updated with many uh, videos and and uh, recitals and etc. So be, besides the the um, gifted and talented recitals that we spoke mm -hmm. briefly, I want to also mention that a few years back we started a youth competition, right. and a youth youth competition has the same formula uh, as um, gifted and talented recitals that we invite local teachers to demonstrate the best students mm -hmm. at our youth competition. We're actually just strategizing now to see what can we do this year uh, exactly. because nothing is open. So are we going to postpone it or do it online? We don't know yet. We're still, we're still thinking about it. Wow. So. It, you have such creativity. And, you know, it's really a combination of being an artist and being an entrepreneur, right? A business lady. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it's all these is combined. That is really an inspiration, I think, for the musicians of this generation. So thank you so much for being on our uh, The yeah, Piano Pot. Thank you pot. so much. Thank, <laughs> thank you, you for joining. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, all of you, Clara, Yukimi, Eric. I really am deeply honored. And, um, you know, I cannot thank you enough for this time today and for hearing my story. I really appreciate it. So that concludes our second episode of our Piano Pot podcast. 
Thank you, Vera Mo, for joining our program, and we want to thank our audience for watching or listening to this episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit the thumbs up button down below, and be sure to subscribe to our channel. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The links are down below. If you missed our introductory and first episodes, you can catch up by watching on our YouTube channel or listen to them on our SoundCloud account. All the links are listed below. If you have any feedback for us, you can email us at thepianopodnyc at gmail.com or you can leave us a comment below. Please tune in again next time for our third episode of The Piano Pod.